Aren't all actors just dirty, stinking liars? Welcome to the More Than The Art Podcast. Join us as we explore what it means to be bold, creative and Christian. Well, welcome to episode two of season two. Long awaited. It's good to be back. We've waited a year and a half and then we give you two in a row. How exciting. And and it seems like people enjoyed the uh the last episode where we looked at could uh you know christian actors do nudity so if you haven't heard that you know go back and give that a listen yes um, i realized when we and i listened back to it we never really well we did sort of come to conclusions but we never we didn't actually <laughs> change our minds or 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 um grow i think we did a bit though don't you don't you, you grow if you have a discussion now i feel like it's opened it up a bit more for me you know what it's true we haven't had any emails from anyone disagreeing or agreeing actually so, um, yeah no one's we haven't had any complaints it's not made it to thing, twitter it? yet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um well chris would you just pray for us as we uh start this podcast absolutely yeah heavenly father we thank you for a new day a new podcast father and we just pray that you'd be at the center of our conversation amen the topic of today's show is is about lies and about the the, the construct of theatre and whether or not there is a fundamental rift between the idea of Christians not telling lies and theatre being inherently untruthful. This is interesting because actually as we were um, putting together, you know, ideas and titles for things, this is something that I just thought is not a problem whatsoever. So I'm really interested to see... Well. <laughs> Where well, well, you go with this? <laughs> well, I thought I thought we'd start with a uh, little game. Okay, Chris, I'm going to tell you some things, and you're going to point out which ones you think are true and which ones are lies. Oh, so I'm doing this for you first. Yeah, okay. you can do it for me first. Um, so I once, <laughs> I once aided in the birth of a baby lamb in the middle of East London. Okay. Feel, you can ask me questions. I mean, yeah, 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 I will. Yeah. I will. Is this one I'm trying to recollect, you know, trying to go back in my memory and think, have you ever spoken about this before? And the fact that you, I feel like you haven't, feels like it's pointing to a lie just off the straight at the bat. Okay. Off the bat. So you've given me, so it's sixth form time. Yeah, you were a bit mm-hmm. of a recluse then. Um, what, 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 what year? Year 12, year 13? I can't remember. They're b- both very different years for you, I feel. Um, okay, uh, where in East London exactly? This was in Spitalfield City Farm. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Okay. And um, how... So you're at the farm, mm-hmm. what, during school time? Because you said This is during, during the day. Yeah, during the day. It was empty. The, it was pretty much empty, so but me. Rubbish. And Dur- I... I'll tell you, I'll elaborate if you wish. Wait, wait, uh, so I school was, was on or school, not? It was like school time. It wasn't school holidays. It was like I was doing revision time. And I was just taking a break, walking around, looking at the animals. They've got some animals there. And a... Uh, they have animals. That's they good have at animals the farm. <laughs> some of them don't. Um, and a... Uh, a woman runs up to me and she's wearing like the, the little polo shirt. They work there. And she said, oh, I'm just looking for someone. I just need um, <laughs> one of the, the pregnant uh, sheep, ewes, which is the uh, correct term, yeah. is, uh, is, has been having a really troubled pregnancy. And, and, and the baby's finally come, but it's unexpected. We didn't know it was going to happen now. Um, so then she, she was like, I need your help. So I, I, you know what? It's hazy. I can't remember exactly I'm how sure I did it. Hazy. But I'm I remember sure being in the in the um they just say you in the watched, pen like but i was i was mainly moral support but i did hand some things so over you know, like she was she needed got, like equipment and i've stuff got questions all right i've got questions before you start going down this rabbit hole this yeah. lie um why if you're just there for moral support why did why is she so desperate for your help 
I think it was just a very emotional time for her. <laughs> and it was a, it was a, it could have gone either way, and she needed just another human's presence while this sheep was. Being so there's born. no, so there's one staff member. I, I, at I, the I farm. guess, I guess there was only one. She was, uh, everyone was on lunch or something. I don't know. Everyone was on lunch. Everyone was um, at the farm. At the farm. And it, so she, she, I'm guessing she wasn't that experienced. Then is that what? No, you're she saying? was like one of the senior people there. I think. Well, you just. I feel like either you're you're trying to. This is a lie. You get one you're more trying question. to merge. You get one more, more question. Truths here. Um, okay. What did you do? I don't remember a lot. I just remember it's being in the pen, handing. I think I handed her a blanket at one point or whatever. I don't know. But then afterwards, she was so overcome with emotion. I just I, I hugged this woman and we. She she let out a few tears of joy because the both the child the the lamb and the mother survived the uh, birth. I feel like though in she a was farm in, grief, was like, in a in a farm like these lambing's quite a normal. You know, it happens Not a lot in the city farm. They haven't got many sheep. But anyway, I'm gonna say I didn't get my hands in. I didn't get my hands involved. That was never gonna. That, but, that was the, never. On so the this table. woman came, came for you, came ran, for me, and brought me to the pen. It's yeah. a lie. It is true. There it is did happen. no 100% way. Hundred percent happened. True. Happened. It happened. It happened. It happened. And she was so like overcome with emotion. It was like it was a really, really. Uh, it was a tense moment. Why weren't you at school? I don't we know. were told off all the time. I, yeah, I got I told off. I think a it lot was revision. Like when we have, you know, they have that really long period of like revision time where there's no lessons. And so why did she run up to you? Explain. I was that. the only person there, and she was like, she just needed like moral support, but also hand her some blankets. Or whatever. I feel like it was. I, she was junior trainee. No, she she seemed like she was like. Was this the intern? Was this no, no, the no, Jed no. of wasn't the, the farm? Um, all right, have you got you got uh, one? Oh, we're doing a back and forth. Yes, yeah, I do. Okay. Do um, Austrian mountain rescue once had to save me. Save you from what? Uh, I was skiing. Um, this was probably when I was about I don't know, 14, 15. Felt pretty competent skier at this point. Um, I decide. So we, I love going off piste, okay? Which is, you know, you, mm-hmm. you you go off the actual kind of. Don't track. tell me it's a turkey buzzard attack. I go off piste, but the thing is, I went off piste on my own, which is a big no-no. Okay, mm-hmm. you should always go, if you're going off piste, you have to go with someone because it is very dangerous. Um, I'm off piste, and the reason I'm on my well, you can actually you can ask me questions. Or I won't go to. Okay, much um, um, I'm not going to ask you because I feel like if it's a lie, you've formed that part of it. I'm going to try and throw this out. What were you wearing? I was wearing my salopettes, which are black, Black. a grey, my grey ski jacket, and I actually have yellow goggles and a hat that kind of, you know, the one that covers your ears. And what language did the mountain rescue speak? German. They didn't. They didn't speak any English at all. Well, their native tongue, sorry, was German. They did. They they, yeah. They they speak. They speak good English. Yeah. Did they have a Saint Bernard's dog with them? They did not have a dog with them. They they found me on skis, like that. You know, they came up on. They were on skis and they um, were kind of shouting and stuff. Until then, finally, I heard them. Were in skis or jet skis? 
Not jet ski. What are they called? What they call jet? Wee. They call jet. No, they call jet skis. We on jet, land. Jet skis is when you're in the on sea water. or on then the what, water. Then what? What are the the skis? Are the things that go on your snowmobile? Sno- a snowmobile. Yeah, snowmobile. <laughs> why are they not called jet skis? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, why is it? You got skis. Then you've a got a, a two snowmobile. skis with a jet ski. Is very different. Snowmobile is a big step. It's just just basically a, a metal skis. It's like a skis. It's got ski two car. skis at the front. Should be called yeah. a ski car. a track at the back. Ski car. Ski well, car. Snowmobile. Um, no, they I didn't. Call they, a, didn't. A, they should call a jet ski a watermobile then. Do you have any other questions? Mm. But exactly what got you in trouble? Was it uh, Was it an attack? The turkey buzzard. Well, yeah, yeah as I was, a turkey buzzard is a real creature. Um, dangerous. Talons. Um, f- uh, five inch talons. Red, uh, red eyes that stare into your soul. Um... We had heard of this mystical creature, the turkey buzzard. We all thought it was uh, a myth. Um, (laughs) Then all of a sudden, I start hearing this noise. I'm looking around me, you know, uh, twigs crunching around me. I'm starting to freak out. Uh, Yeah, and then all of a sudden, this I see this what the turkey buzzard. Um, I felt like Hercules, you know, because all of a sudden, yeah, it was like it was a trial. Because all of a sudden, the turkey buzzard came up to me. Honestly, Turkey Buzz comes up to me, and I didn't know they're very territorial, and right. I must have been in its territory. And the the bird starts flapping, yeah, like, you know, like you know, like a geese when you're at the park and you've got like geese and they're going the crazy. Going, it was yeah, yeah. very similar to that, but obviously we are po- like as a skier yeah, poles, so I was just trying to like, you know, keep it at bay. Okay, I, Again, mean, that's I why think I, I made my like Hercules. I think I've heard this story before. I think it's true. It is false. Oh. I was not. Uh, there is a part of that is true. That oh, actually, so, the oh, part that's so true. So you did the thing you accused yeah, me of. Yeah, I you, did. You yeah, set you up. The truth. Set you up. You yeah, set up. the turkey buzzard element is true. We were, but that was with a group of with but my you cousins. Off piece, and we were off piece. You were off. Yeah, we were off piece. You weren't on your own. You're I wasn't on my own. I wasn't lost. And mountain and I've, rescue I've, never interacted. I've with them. never been saved by mountain rescue. My cousin I Daniel Henry, shout out, has had to be taken off the slopes by mountain rescue. They wrapped him up like a little caterpillar, and he went down like on a. They had like a bat, you know, like a sled behind, and and we saw this person go down. I was like, oh, that looks kind of funny because they're all like wrapped up in this like foil, you know, and going down the slopes. And then we realised yeah, it was burrito. my cousin. Well, a fun way to start. But um, uh, as we segue into our um very serious discussion, I'm going to start with a, a wee quote from Ooh. Passion of the Christ's Mel Gibson and uh, other infamous things. Um, it, uh, Mel Gibson said, "Acting is like lying. The art." Of lying well. I'm paid to tell elaborate lies. So the question we're looking at today, aren't actors just liars? Uh, and my question to you straight away, Chris, is do you agree or disagree with this statement? Is acting just lying well? Um, no. No. You're you're telling a story and everyone knows that you're telling a story. And okay, where well, it's different. Yes, but aren't actors generally quite good liars as well uh, yeah i'd presume that they would be yeah because you can create the story uh, a credible well a i'd convincing. hope you can i don't know but maybe not all actors not all actors are great improvisers mm-hmm. you know um and what might not be it, as creative the problem is we're both me and you mm-hmm. we're both writers as True. well so we're used to kind of creating the lies <laughs> say not just reading the lies so but what in your mind makes a bad actor 
What is the, the what is the what is the hallmark of a bad actor? Know, I've seen you act. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what joking, are my I'm hallmarks? <laughs> um, bad actor. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, I really feel like on the spot. Um, uh, Good. Bad actor. Um, if you had to list three main points, it just doesn't that feel real. I don't know. You're watching something and you just doesn't feel real. Just you know, either that the emotion isn't there. They're not connecting with the the lines or the character. The character feels. I feel like mainly a lot a lot comes down to if it's bad writing or not. I think that's a the first thing. So it's whether or not it's convincing or not. Yeah, yeah. You have to be like convinced that this so person is that So effectively deceptive person. maybe in that sense. They have to bring you along that journey into mm-hmm. the belief that this person is that person and believes that thing that they're saying. Um Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to throw a little interesting tidbit I learnt uh, in this research. Um, So, uh, it turns out Jesus was aware of the theatre and actors, uh, and the New Testament mentions theatres and things like that a few times. Uh, Paul's dragged into a theatre to be accused by the crowds of people, in in, I think in Greece, at some point. Um, But Jesus mentions, uses a word... Which is also look at my notes. I'm not. I, I don't know that good. <laughs> Jesus right. uses a a word, um, which is uh, a double meaning word now in our minds, but it was primarily the primary uh, definition was an actor, and like a stage actor. And the word he used in Greek is hypocritus. Oh, hypocritus. And in of English course. we say hypocrite. Ah. So the uh, yeah. So that that translation, uh, Jesus, whenever he spoke about hypocrites. And people uh, like the Pharisees acting as hypocrites or people being hypocrites in their life. He was using the word actor to draw a uh, uh, an understanding in the people that are listening. So does that not then paint a picture of actors as being just by definition hypocrites? People that say one thing and do another thing and are deceptive in what they do. No, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, what, what? When does he say that? Do you have like, so Mark time? seven? Jesus said, "You hypocrites!" Isaiah was right when he prophesied against you, for he wrote, "These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me." But he's still talking about actual hypocrites. Though. He's saying, "You actors, you are just like you're just actors right now. You're you're actors." But he's using that as like an analogy. It's not like saying mm. that they are actors, isn't he? He's not saying you're an actor on but a if, stage. But if by by describing an actor, he is implicitly saying this is a dishonest person i think it's jumping quite far though well to... i'm gonna i'm gonna take us in a completely different direction yeah, and look okay. more at the uh the the history of lies and what the bible says about lying yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is obviously this podcast it, it, it's for everyone to listen to um we are christians and we talk uh in the christian nomenclature with an understanding of the bible if you don't have that understanding of the bible if you don't know what we're speaking about and what the gospel is then just get in touch and we'd love to chat more about it and we're really when we talk about these things, we're talking in the context of a Christian artist, a Christian um, person. We don't hold other people to that standard without knowing Jesus. But um, the Bible says a lot about lying. So like Proverbs fifteen four, gentle words bring life and health. Deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Words satisfy the soul, another proverb, as food satisfies the stomach. The right words on a person's lips bring satisfaction. Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe. Oh, very, uh, medieval. very strong, isn't it? Wounding them with a sword or shooting them with a sharp arrow. And Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Um, so do you think that there is 
the practice of acting things out in every context is a, is a fine fine thing to do. If acting in in any in any capacity is, I feel like you're trying to set me up. You know I, I mean, I, I feel like you're going to come out with something. I think, um, well, no, because so what we did at the start of this podcast mm-hmm. was that wrong you know we but obviously we were we were playing a game like that was yeah. a game it was an, an intention to have a lie in there mm-hmm. as part of the game and we knew that i think it's it's about the is it doesn't it come down to the intention of what you're you're doing I you know so. like um i wasn't we're not trying to mislead each other although we were trying to mislead <laughs> no, each no, other but in a in a in a way that's going to cause damage or harm mm. that was actually to entertain each other we used deception to bring mm. entertainment and that, that is that not what then acting is you're using deception to bring entertainment entertainment this isn't to harm people it's not to or to um speak well is it to speak mm. ill of someone i don't know you could write a play <laughs> um well that, that that's actually something i'll come to later but do you think that that so you you would say that acting is the uh sort of consensual and like uh acceptable telling of lies to create a atmosphere of storytelling or something like that which is bought into by an audience yeah. it still involves telling lies but it's to an audience I of people that know I think it's hard to know... say it's telling lies it's like if everyone is coming to the theatre you're are you not if you're ex- I don't know It's is it not if you're expecting a, to see a play that you know is either fictional or these people are actors it's like is it still a lie so if you're on a stage and I say, my name is Daniel Plainview and I'm an oil man, you know for a fact that I'm not, my name's not Daniel Plainview, I'm not an oil man. Yes. So that is, surely, definition, it's a lie, because it's not a truth, it's not a true thing about me that I'm saying. But you're saying that in theatre, it's the framing of lies to come to a common understanding or a common goal storytelling. Yeah, I guess, but then it's all about the morality of it, isn't it? So, well, where where does a lie become immoral? Well, I tell you what, sense? I actually think is there that, are some church fathers and some theologians who would actually take the hard stance of any lie, even like that theatrical lie, being um, being wrong. So, Saint Augustine of Hippo, uh, classic, he, yes. We had John Piper last week, and now we've got the hippo, the hippo himself. <laughs> the great hippo. <laughs> the hungry, hungry hippo. Hippos, they're very dangerous animals, they actually. They are, very big teeth. Watch um, out. He, he defined a lie uh, as a person lies who has one thing in mind, yet expresses something else with words. So in a very, that's a very plain view of, of saying it, a Daniel Plain view. Moreover, he moreover he drew upon biblical texts and reason arguments to conclude that every lie is a sin without exception. Some lies are worse than others, but there cannot be a sinless lie, even if told for a good cause. I think the hippo is wrong, mate. Um, <laughs> does, <laughs> well, is he talking about kind of theatre here, though? Because, or is he talking about a lie where it's like, um, oh, I'm going to lie to that person to make them feel better? You know, mm-hmm. like. So, in a sense, he's thinking yeah. about lies white like lies. that. Yeah, yeah, like those white lies. Which, are funnily enough, um, in the Talmud, there is some leeway, some Jewish thinking, some rabbis sort of think that white lies are, in some forms are, are yeah. acceptable and not actually wrong. But also, would what would you say, John, about... Or what would the, the great hippo um, say about Jesus and the parables? Mm-hmm. Jesus is telling a parable. Is that, like, does he... 
Does well, he was, always quantify? I was reading something because he just turns around and says there was once a man yeah. who had a son, and da-da-da. that's what I thought. Yeah, and so it, and it is actually very very clear that he says this. I mean, then I was thinking maybe there was a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm gonna just say out there, I don't. I'm playing, you know, devil no, Africa. I, know, yeah. I don't. I I don't think that actors are liars. Well, that's but good, in this you know, research, um, where we'll come to, there is a blurry middle line which I I find difficult. Um, but actually, in the Bible, there are actually lots of cases where lies were told and not actually seen as wrong. There's a few. Examples. Can you think of any? Um, well, I'll give you one. Uh, Rahab, the prostitute, who lets in the uh, spies, the Israelite spies, and yes. they, uh, the people in the city, uh, Jericho, come to find them, and she lies about where they are and whether they've come, and she hides them, mm. and she's then actually throughout scripture. Yeah. Spoken about in very high mm-hmm. regard because of that act of it actually instead of that's an act of faith uh, faithfulness in what yes. she did, but she told a lie. So the hippo might be in a bit of trouble. Yeah? Hippo might be in a bit of trouble. Um, well, the midwives as well. Uh, Moses's uh, birth, you know, in that time of the Exodus story, these Jewish children being thrown into the river, but the midwives, you know, they they hid Moses in the bulrushes. They mm-hmm. hid some children. So it's like they were lying to. To the you know the pharaoh and all that. Well, um, some people might have heard of uh, Cory Tembum, who ended up writing uh, the amazing book called The Hiding Place, uh, and it's based about um, true story. Obviously, she grew up in in Holland, and her family um, hid Jews in the Second World War, and uh, and it comes that one day the German soldiers come knocking on the door. They burst in, and straight up just ask Betsy. Tenboom, who's Corrie's sister, they say, are you hiding um, Jews here? And she has no time to think, and she always believed that, you know, she she should never lie. And so she said, yes, they are hiding um, underneath the floorboards, underneath the table. And uh, and they were hiding there. Um, but amazingly, um, the German soldier actually thought that she was obviously making fun of him. That there's no way that yeah, she would just... Yeah, they're hiding just under the table. Yeah, yeah that it was kind of yeah. sarcasm. So and weird. so then they left. So kind of, you know, God honoured that yeah. truth. But that then also at the same time, there are moments where um, Cory, I believe, does lie about a radio at one point. And right. So I, I guess... Hmm. But then if they were to lie in that situation, like let's say she did say no... Would that be wrong? Because what if you're doing something to that Save is more life, morally yeah. right? You mm. know, the, the fact that they were hiding Jews was fi- completely yeah. fine. Um, yeah. So, so something I've been thinking about a lot, and off the back of last podcast as well. Um, well, I was just mulling it over in the car. I was just thinking, you know, does the church or the general population of Christians view? Christian art, Christian performance, Christian music, even gospel music—things that like we do and are involved in—are they just unnecessary, like add-ons to Christian life, Christian expression? Um, which you know are, are nice. If you, you know they're nice, like how churches when COVID happened and things really went down, we were very easy to 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 cancel on and not book. Because, you know, having a play come in, it's a fringe thing for the church to do. It's a, 
It's an add-on. It's a nice thing to do, but it's, it can fall at the wayside to more important parts of ministry or more, more important parts of church life. Do you think that's a prevalent thought amongst Christians in particularly the West? Or I would say, unfortunately, yes. But And the reason I say unfortunately is because I think, you know, it's that I'm sure you, if if you're listening to this, you've probably heard it before. But you know that God is a creative God, and He's called us to be creative. And I think He loves He loves that expression of of Him. You know, through what we do or what you guys might do, whatever that is. And I think that the church shouldn't stifle kind of creativity and just think, well, it's just. And and I think that's you see that in in Jesus. It's like, yeah, Jesus loves telling stories mm. and like being expressive in that way i found a, a very interesting article about the sort of idea of christians acting and lying um and it was in the franciscan university of steubenville uh, and there's a quote what from this that? article steuben or steubenville um but the quote is uh, the liar strives to cover up while the actor strives to open up what do you think about that Repeat, please. <laughs> the liar strives to cover up while the actor strives to open up. I think that's sort of in answer to that question, you know, aren't actors just lying on stage? Well, it's saying no. In fact, actors do completely the opposite. They're trying to reveal a truth through the, what they perform. I mean, do you agree with that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Um,. It's like that thing of uh, what we said earlier, and that you're that people are coming knowing that this is a play, mm-hmm. and so that it is yes yeah, the role of the actor to they are lying, but it's yeah like you said it's revealing a truth, it's telling a story, it's and it has to feel real. I I'm 100 agree with you on all this stuff, but then then I was thinking about like, have you ever gone and seen a comedian do the same routine twice? Have you ever like been seen a comedian live or watched like a live yeah, DVD? Yeah, yeah. And then you watch it the first time, you're like, "This is hilarious! This is great, great stories or whatever." And the second time, you're like, "Oh my goodness, they're, they're acting!" Like you have that realize realization that they're playing a persona, they're reciting material, which trying to make written, it feel like it's the first time you've and ever making heard, it feel like yeah, yeah. But the the comedian, the stand up comedian, is a weird in between of like performance and theatre and stuff because to the majority of people that watch a stand up comic. They're they're listening to it as if it's just a friend chatting to them and making them laugh. Mm. But actually, there's a there's often many layers of like hiding the the true person who is the comedian and their persona on stage. But like, how does that really? Um, how does that work in terms of like being a Christian in that sense? Because you hear a lot of stories of comedians hating it when people come up to them and in the street and they they. They're like, I'm not, the, I'm not the person you think I am from my act, and people talk to them as if they are. Like Al Murray, I mean, this is a classic sort of case of it. Al Murray, pub landlord, that character he created was originally satire, but it ended up his main fan base were the people he was satirizing, and it sort of became this this sort of character which mm. he became. Um, but then, yeah, where. Like how how does that? I mean, because I think that does blur the line a little bit there, because yeah. there's a there's an integrity of who you are as a person. Yeah, because you're stake. selling yourself, aren't you? Like like again, well, I think with him, he there is a clear character. You know, mm. it's like that. There are two people that maybe know, but some people 
Yeah, but then I feel like that's their problem if they can't work that out. But there, <laughs> but there are there are legitimate comedians that it's just them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just them on stage or whatever. Um, well, you know, that's oh, what I'd, they're saying I'd, they I'd, are. I'd, yeah, yeah. That's what they're saying they are. Yeah. But so I'm saying they're not intentionally playing a character. They're not playing, they're not yeah. Selling that to Mr. Bean. But they are, yeah. Um, I think that would be where it might be a bit different. I, I think also a lot of comedians... I don't know how much, but I'm, I'm sure they do. They embellish a lot, you yeah. know, about to make things yeah, funnier. Yeah. Or um, would even make or stuff make up. up. Like, complete... oh, I, w- I was in the, you know, Space Sainsbury's there, the other day or whatever, well, and this that... happened to me. And it, but did it? You know, or did and did someone react that way? But, yeah. I mean, it's a really funny story. Um, well, that's, that's an interesting thing, because I was trying to rack my brain of, like, comedians, stand-up comedians that I know are Christian and have an active Christian faith. And from what, from where I remember, and I, I had a little list of them, the, I think the vast majority of them are like surreal and mm. one-liners or very like wacky, and not not to use wacky in a derogative sense that it's not funny, it's hilarious. But like, there's a real clear character being played and a clear distinction. Do you think that that is like a trend in like it, it being a Christian going to do stand-up? Would you feel comfortable doing stand-up as Chris? And then telling things because actually, doing stand up is is a real hard craft <laughs> to get right. I'd find it hard. I think I'd have to end up kind of doing a, a character in some sense. But then if I was doing myself, I would find it difficult. I think if I'm like I know, I don't know, this story is either not true or. or but I mean, even though it's a funny story, but mm. I'm getting a laugh out of uh, a lie. Yeah, you know, which is weird because on on stage or whatever, I'm. It, it's you know, it's I, a weird it's a blurred line where like, I think the it's because I think it's because into... I would be I'm there as me I'm kind of being like mm-hmm. selling it as Chris Poach you know you're coming to watch Chris Poach tell you know yeah. jokes and stuff whereas if you come to see if Prison Walls could speak you know yeah. hopefully you're not just staring at Chris Poach you're I, I'm embodying hopefully Peter Yasek yeah. for you you know and I'm comfortable with that because like I, you see in a lot of like particularly like mega churches and stuff these sort of celebrity preachers who are fun like funny guys and funny girls Ooh. and they tell they tell jokes and stuff as part of and, and anecdotes as part of their mm. their like sermons but then you think you know a lot of comedians to get those jokes crafted they do embellish they do tell things in a different way and i think is there like would that really affect the way you viewed a, a, like a pastor or like a teacher if you if you if at the end of it you go, oh I love the way you did that example of how that funny thing happened and they go oh to be honest that didn't actually happen the way I said it did one hundred percent yeah you'd be like I'd be like liar <laughs> liar <laughs> burn him well, that was absolutely we're peaked I was apologise for anyone speakers exploding uh, yes I would we would be getting the Inquisition in uh, get the you know the thumb screws out yeah. um, no. I, yeah, I, immediately I'd be like, oh gosh, how much, like, that's just, I don't know, yeah, in that context you'd be like, it's just not right. So maybe there's it? a, maybe it's the more traditional theatrical sort of model of, you know, stage and, you know, you've got a, a stage curtain, when I the think... curtain's open, the curtain's shut, that's an imaginary world, but where it comes to like, performance, comedy, I think it comes performance to, art. I think it when, it when it comes, I think it more boils down to the audience and what they are understanding right. is happening, okay, so like, mm-hmm. You're coming to watch a play. You should know. I mean, it might be a true story, but let's say it's just purely fictional story. You know, okay, this is just, it's all made up. They're all actors. You know, 
it's it's fine mm-hmm. but then like you say if you you went into a, a, a church and there's a sermon being you know uh, sermons happening and yeah there is a funny story which you is know a it's embellished. Sort of performance which is a performance in itself but you know that they are themselves they're not in, yeah. they should well they hopefully they're not be, yeah, embodying a not. character you know um someone fake you know they are themselves and th- i think that it, it, within that context because that's what you're mm. expecting then yeah I, you know you're you're into the more problematic problematic areas area. I, I i would even go as controversially to say that i think a lot of or there's a percentage of of uh these mega church pastors who have to employ these sort of same techniques that a, a stand-up comedian has to do and and, dis- and have a pers- an on-stage persona i think there is an on-stage persona at work with a, with a lot of preachers yeah and i think which that's is not good problematic, <laughs> man. that is that is that uh, there's, so there, there's some because there is that yeah. i think then there is that sense that they have the you know they want to be funny that then that's engaging mm. you know like you're going to lose the engagement well, of, it, yeah. of people if it's like you don't have a funny anecdote or you know and yeah, that yeah, it's that pressure maybe to pressure. keep that going um to be how much of a preacher is an entertainer is mm. a good you know is a good question What's, it's like is, well because yeah, was yeah. jesus entertaining you know, when he's yeah. preaching in that. it's. I mean, I'm I can't sure imagine Paul being... I'm sure Paul was a bit different. Well, that's <laughs> it, yeah. Paul fought someone to death. <laughs> they fell out the window. Yeah. Um, Literally. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Uh, but I'm sure Jesus was entertaining, you know. He wasn't an like, entertainer. Uh, and, but... Was he, yeah. Called Jesus an entertainer. Or was he an entertainer? Yeah. The CEO of The Entertainer is a Christian. Is there some corollary there? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... But I think, yeah, like, I agree with you. It's about the audience perception... A Christian magician, you know, you get a lot of Christian magicians. Mm. I'd love to interview a Christian magician. Yes. Oh, if you are a Christian magician and you're please. listening to this, please get in Check contact with us. us. We would love to have you on the podcast because, um, like, it'd be fascinating. Because, like, David Blaine, Dynamo, a lot of Christians get up in arms because they're like, "Well, we don't know whether you're doing these tricks or whether you're a demon." Right? <laughs> a lot of people think this and think, "What power are you using?" And it's like, well. That's sort of the whole idea of stage magicians is that there is a, you know, you're creating illusions. Of course, there is witchcraft. We believe there is there is powers beyond what we know. So there's like this weird blurring of that line of, you know, I feel like every Christian magician I've ever encountered has been more just definitely hardline. I'm an illusionist. I'll show you how I do my tricks. Yeah. And we'll um, stay away from the whole death you know contacting spirits yeah. and like that area of things and then then you got a whole other things like wrestling and 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 santa claus you know there's there's certain things we buy into to entertain ourselves and if any children listen to this cover, cover their ears if you don't want them to know the truth <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert i'm gonna give you some scenarios and you just tell me what you think about them because the war of the worlds was on the west end recently yeah, good play. I'm sure I've heard very good reviews about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd say that that is that has no real consequence. That that fictional world doesn't have much of a com- consequence in the audience because they uh. buy into the fact that it's not true. Well, you probably heard of the War of the Worlds adapted by Orson Welles in the I think it was the 30s near 1938. Um, he put it on in New York and broadcast it, but didn't 
Well, he he gave a very brief sort of description at the beginning. This is a, a radio play, but people that tuned in halfway through thought it was all happening live, and it was done in a way uh, which made them think yeah. that there was an actual alien invasion in upstate New York, which caused not as much drama as has been reported. But they they redid that in Ecuador. Did you know about this? No, I did not. A few years afterwards, and this is actually really bad. A few years after in so Ecuador, not- I'm not sure what year it was. I think it was the 60s. That okay. could be wrong. Yeah. They did. They staged it in a radio station in Ecuador. It caused riots when people realised that it was because oh, they believed there was yeah. uh, alien invasion happening. If you don't know the the War of the Worlds alien invasion story, they they put it on in a way which the, people were so angry they they burnt down the radio station and I think seven people died. Seven yeah, people at died. At least it says at least seven people died, including My the word. partner of the man that. that that put on well, the just because people were show. angry they were they That's were they they had come into the streets thinking there were aliens invading and then that pent up I'm guessing that pent up aggression which was meant for the aliens then <laughs> then when they were wait you, you're lying to us you lied to us we're gonna burn down the and so in the American one people didn't do that no they didn't they, they, a few people were annoyed oh okay <laughs> I think a sa- tank was called or something what so is that okay? Like you know what they originally well, did. Well, I mean, or? what what was clearly there were real world real world consequences for what that person did. Was he was it wrong for him to have put on that radio play without any um, without any real signposting saying every five minutes this is fictional? By the way, just no. Because one, I think it teaches you look if you're going to tune into something or come to a show, be on time. Okay, listen from the start. Make sure you read Radio Times. To see what what is happening, um, you know, uh, but also kind of common sense, like you, you know, I'm sure. So you think it, yeah. that was mainly that was the wrongdoing was in the audience's response to well, it? Well, yeah, I'm like if you end up killing seven people <laughs> because of a so radio bad, play, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, theatre can have a powerful response you know people i think it can but then it's like should that then stop here you know it's like if you had to put every five minutes it's like if we we did centurion which Mm -hmm. we turned into a radio play you know did we have to or should we have put every five minutes this is a fictional thing this isn't happening right now this person isn't being crucified apparently it would have made tour with god better (laughs) this is just a little anecdote after one of the performances of tour with gods uh, an audience member came up to us and and let us know that that we should have told the entire plot beforehand because we we gave a little um, after the show we gave a little post show talk and we just talked about the story and then she said I wish you'd done that beforehand because I didn't know what was going on I didn't on. have a clue, <laughs> clue what, what going was on. going on I mean she's the only one that did say that um, yeah. you know but uh, yeah maybe we you know should have but then I think if we had done that within Century or within Tour with God it ruin it, you know it, it would ruin the the piece you mm-hmm. know so I I. I think you've got to be careful. You've always got to be... Like, if you're going to do that and you know that, okay, people could potentially believe this is real, you've got to think that kind of through. But I don't think it should stifle you to the point of, okay, well, every, you know, five minutes we'll say it's mm. a story. Well, you know? <laughs> there's, a, there's a micro version of this sort of problem. Is, is that when you're writing dialogue between characters, obviously dialogue in real life is full of people's perceptions, people's prejudices, people's... Uh, fake news so you write a dialogue a scene between two friends and one of them tells a a bit of fake news or a a fact that's not true to the other person so like I don't know you're writing a a short little uh, scene between two friends and one of them goes oh you know that 
you know if you eat strawberries then it's poisonous and kill you but it's not actually integral to the plot that he's wrong but he's wrong you know like what point is a, a character telling a lie or something that's actually not true to life or propaganda or something like that you know you you could write a play and have some inherently racist message in it you know you, you say oh yeah well um, Scottish people well, we know that there's a scientist in the thing well as we know Scottish people have smaller brains than uh, Welsh people so obviously this uh, and it's like part of the you know that is not true but in the world of the play people might then weeks later remember it mm. don't know where they've heard it you know sometimes I do that I think oh where did I hear that and I realise it was The Simpsons so I think it comes down to then how much of a responsibility do we have? True. So when does it come back to us? So, you know, we said originally um, it's a lot is down to the audience perception of what is, what are they coming to? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay, they're coming to a play. It's, you know, not real, like these people, their characters. But then also there is then, I do think there is obviously some responsibility on our behalf of how we tell a story, how we write a story mm-hmm. and just thinking you know like thinking those things through a bit you know not not so it stifles you because it's like well, th- you wouldn't I, be able to i thought of a really right ridic- place, i was but... actually gonna pose a really ridiculous scenario to you and say what, what do you think about this so there's two people rehearsing a play in a room and part of the play is them saying there's a man in the lobby who has a gun there's a man in the lobby who has a gun and a passerby walks past the room overhears this not knowing it's a play being rehearsed there's a man in the lobby with a gun immediately runs down sees a man in the lobby with his hand in his pocket and shoots him thinking he has a gun you know (laughs) the consequence of a lie a theatrical lie took a man's life in this scenario it was clearly the other guy's fault because one you said he just had his hand in his pocket and he shot him yeah well he's not seen a gun in the play it says there's a man in a black jacket with a red beret has a gun in the lobby if he hasn't seen the gun then he, you know, he couldn't well, be... He but, no, yeah. of course, it's like, you know... So maybe there's a lot more responsibility, actually, on the audience themselves to to process and analyse what they've seen. Yes, 100%. And I think it's yeah. like, you know, coming back to the Bible, coming back to Jesus, it's like, with the parables, mm-hmm. the people listening to that knew he's, you know, this is a parable, this is a story that he's he's telling... They were used to I'm people, sure there were though. And they were used to people yeah but um, but they were u- used to at that time in particular used yeah. to people just telling stories well, and anecdotal that's what parables. The would do, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah. Interesting. Do you think then there's also a you know Jesus would often then to his disciples then explain the parables afterwards? Do you think that that's a a, a requirement of Christian storytelling? To, to emulate that to, to always give an explanation for what something is no it makes theatre very boring wouldn't it oh, it would yeah um no <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you have to explain it I think uh... I suppose that's why the, the parable model does sort of limit you to sketches and skits and things like that because they're short they're easy to unpack and they can be used in a church are they easy to unpack though there are a lot of like some of Jesus' parables aren't no that... no I'm talking about sketches and skits and stuff I see. They tend to have a, a formula where you know you, people watching it will definitely get what's going on. I think know. that's just trying unless to get... we've written it, people never see it to get. Those. But that's just trying to. That's true. But I think that's just trying to fit it within the, that the context and get a quick mm. learning point from it. And yeah. I think that's fine. You know, that's not a bad thing. Let's say, but um, my yeah. last, my last thing, bringing it back to the Bible. 
this is a this is one of the most difficult to unpack verses I think. And it's not difficult to unpack, but challenging, and also it's true because it's in the Bible, but it's hard for us to understand the nature of God and the person of God because this seems like you know very at odds with the loving person we see in Jesus. This is a very holy God who says in Proverbs six. There are six things that the Lord strongly dislikes, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, and a false witness who breathes out lies, and the one who sows discord among brothers. I mean, those are all detestable things. But a lying tongue and a false witness who breathes out lies is the act itself of just telling something which isn't true is there something which is harmful to a person? I mean, you could look at that literally and say that every untruthful thing that comes out of a person's mouth is damaging to them, to them as a person, as a, as a, as a, as a child of God, as a, you know, created being. By saying something which isn't true, a tongue that lies. Is that is that not what that's saying? It's also, saying a, one part it says a false witness who breathes out lies. I think that it's then the context. Of okay, being so a, a lying tongue, witness, a lying tongue. I think Does something it comes back. To, I think it comes back to like we were saying. What is the context of of why that person might be lying or saying that lie? Like with Rahab or whatever. So it's like mm. you, it yeah, it a hundred percent comes back down to the context of that lie or is is being told we know murder is wrong but you know there can be context within where it's to save someone's life or someone is attacking someone and you were to intervene that person dies you know it's like they it, does it not mm. come down to then the context with Rahab we have with Rahab yeah. Um, so yeah yeah so maybe it, so maybe actually if theatre performance were, were just a an entertaining thing to do for Christians then maybe that would be a, a line to think well it's not worth lying for the sake of entertainment and all of that that actually would what we believe you know that art performance has a place in telling God's story and sharing the gospel in bringing life to people um, and actually the the craft of telling a good fictional lie a soft lie uh, you know call it you could call it a lie it's a it's a fully acceptable and honorable thing to do because it's to serve a greater purpose of creating a a world where people can imagine themselves in mm-hmm. and then you know so the question was are are actors all filthy liars the answer is yes yes you dirty liars <laughs> you dirty liars well, thanks so much for listening to More Than The Art by Artless Theatre Company. Um, of course, uh, share this with your friends. Share this on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Bebo account, your Pixo. Uh, your MySpace. Your MySpace. Uh, Tom from MySpace. Um, yeah, share it because, you know, the only way this is going to grow uh, is if people listen. Exactly. And, we'd love- <laughs> and you are listening right now. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're one of the good ones. And we'd love to know uh, your thoughts. Where did we get it right? And But most importantly, where do you think we've got it wrong? We'd love to know. Uh, you can comment, uh, you know, through our social media. Send us an email, um, however you want to do that. And uh, if you want, do get in touch. you can phone in to our next podcast. We can have you 
phone in as we record it. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> yeah, we could do that. <laughs> we have to tell people we're going live. Yeah, we'll tell them what time we're recording it. Well, I guess we in. could, yeah. So, Chris, what next week? What are we looking at next week? To swear or not to swear? So, is it right for uh, Christian actors to be swearing uh, on stage or in film? Writers. Or, uh, as us, as writers, is it okay for us to uh, put profane language in our, in our scripts? So, tune in then! So, do tune in. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be exciting. Thanks for listening, and uh, see ya! Bye! Bye!